Hey everyone, welcome to Dance Colleges and Careers, brought to you by Insta Dance Coach, virtual guidance toward a professional dance career. My name is Brittany Noltmeyer, and I will be your guide to finding the perfect college for you. Dance Colleges and Careers is here to provide you with information about different dance colleges, what to expect, and how to find the right school for your dance type. Go to www.instadancecoach.com and click on the podcast tab to submit any additional questions. Follow me on social media at InstaDanceCoach, I-N-S-T-A-D-A-N-C-E, Coach. Let's hit it. Hey, everyone. So today we have a special guest coming from the University of South Florida in Tampa. This is Michael Foley, and Michael is a professor of dance. He's considered a master teacher in the field of modern dance and has been teaching and choreographing internationally for over 25 years. His choreography has been commissioned by major international dance companies from the U.S., Mexico, Ireland, Italy, Sweden, Cuba, Panama, and the Dominican Republic, and by the Cirque du Soleil organization. Michael's received numerous recognitions for his work in the arts, including a William J. Fulbright Scholarship from the U.S. government for his research and teaching in Mexico, a Kennedy Center American Theater Festival Award, the Chicago National Association of Dance Masters Artistic Achievement Award, and he was the Ruth Page Visiting Artist at Harvard University. Currently at USF, Michael is a professor as well as the director of the Dance in Paris program. He's brought nearly 300 dance majors from 20 different American colleges and universities to Paris since 2007, and I'm super excited to learn more about the Dance in Paris program, where college dance majors get to experience a full semester in Paris. Now that sounds pretty exciting. Let's get to it. I'm Brittany. Hi. I live in Orlando. Are you in Tampa now? I'm actually not. I'm actually in New England right now. I, I came back from Paris uh, oh, where, right, I was right. doing, where I was doing the semester program and that got, <laughs> mm-hmm. that got canceled and 20 students got evacuated. And then I stayed for a while to um, just deal with things back in Paris. And then I um, was kind of not allowed to come back to the United States until just recently. And so I'm here in New England, which is where I was born and raised. And okay. here taking care of the family. Yeah. Nice. Did you go to Did you go to school there in in Orlando? No, I went to Oklahoma City University. Oh wow! Oh great! Yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. school. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was great. It's terrific. That's that's a huge musical theater program there too. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Since superstars coming out of that program. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyways, let's get talking about the University of South Florida, Tampa. Yes. Do you call it USF Tampa or do you call it USF? USF, University of South Florida. Okay, great. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do at USF? Sure. I'm a professor of modern dance at the University of South Florida on the Tampa campus, which is where the dance program is housed. And uh, I've been teaching at the University of South Florida since 2002. So I've been there for quite a while now. But we have a fantastic faculty all assembled together. We have a very large faculty. Yeah, I've been there for, gosh, almost 18 years now. I started a Paris ah. program, what I, which I think we'll talk about at some point, uh, opportunities for st- our students and students from other institutions to come to Paris and studies. That's incredible. Yeah, I teach modern dance, choreography, dance history, mentor those incredible USF students. Awesome. How many people do you take in every year? So it's a pr- it's a competitive program, meaning that it's an audition only program. So anybody who wants to be a dance major 
at the University of South Florida in our program has to audition for us first. So typically we have anywhere between 200 to 300 students who audition for us annually. And we also do remote auditions. We go to Texas, we go, we go to the national dance festival. We audition at, at uh, schools around Florida. Um, But typically it's a very competitive program. So typically we only take about 20% 20% of the students who audition for us will get placed as majors. Nice. Uh, is that what the limited access is about? I'm not quite sure okay. what the limited access is. Oh, okay. It, online, it, that's, it kind of confused me. You get, if you're a major, you get full access to everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. On the website, going down, looking at the majors and stuff, on the very bottom, it says limited access. And then it talks about how the BFA is a limited access program. Uh, that's exactly so, what that means, though. That means it is a highly, it is, it means that it's an audition only program, which that's the limitation that's there. So now I understand what you're talking about. That okay. It means, okay. yeah, you can't just kind of come in and say, I want to take dance classes at the majors level. You have to audition into the levels. So we okay. so kind of maintaining a, a, a kind of a consistently high level in all of those classes. Okay. And then it says in the third semester, students will be assessed by dance faculty to determine eligibility. I know it sounds so severe, doesn't it? We're a really great, <laughs> hot, happy place to be taking classes. But but yeah, that's that's to, I think that, well, I know that this is what it is. It, it's to maintain that the, that, the, that the students understand the support of the faculty in their goals to graduate in a timely manner. So okay. the faculty are constantly meeting with students from the moment they uh, enter the program to the moment they graduate the program. But on after the third semester, um, the student has an opportunity to talk to the entire faculty about where they are sitting as a major, what their goals are, how we can help them achieve those, as well as um, kind of a full look at where they are as dancers and as people and as students, like how they're tracking in the program. So it's more of a mentorship to make sure they're on the right track in exactly. the dance program. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Wonderful. So talking about that, let's go back to discuss the majors at USF. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So of course we have the BA program and the BFA program. Maybe yes. you want to take take that. Yeah. So th- so we have two programs. So there's the BFA and, and the BA program. And the, I'm sure that some of your listeners already have kind of heard those monogram like batted about that, that traditionally in an undergraduate program, there are two academic tracks, BA, which is the Bachelor of Arts and the BFA, which is the Bachelor of Fine Arts. The BA is traditionally kind of the more well-rounded program that offers courses in dance technique and choreography and dance history and dance science. But it also allows a student to explore other areas of interest outside of dance that they may or may not necessarily relate to their studies in dance. Like you can do a double major and have a BA in dance and a BA in psychology or education or something like that. Mm-hmm. The BFA is more of the highly structured program that's designed to keep the student dancing at a high level throughout their four years of college. They'll also take courses in choreography, theory, practicum. And uh, usually that this kind of course, a BFA, is the studio-centered course. Uh, it's a bit more rigid and it's usually students need to kind of uh, reach the highest level of whatever the technique classes are. For us, it's ballet and modern. But for us, the BA students and the BFA students take all of the same classes up until their senior year. It's their final projects that are different. The BFAs oh, really? Will, yeah, the BFAs will do a, fi- a final solo and group piece. And then the BAs will do a um, kind of a project that combines their outside interest and dance. So they might do a presentation on 
um, dance in uh, a preschool dance or they'll do a course, uh, they'll do something about dance and psychology or dance and, and uh, um, physical therapy. We have a dance and science certificate as well that helps students kind of guide them in these two, in these two directions. So students don't have to make that choice until their sophomore year, their second year. Oh, that's pretty good. I would assume it's more competitive to get the BFA or are there higher requirements or is it more, is it really just based off of their preference if they want to go out into other departments? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. When you, when you audition at USF, you're auditioning to be you're you're auditioning basically to be able to do either one of the degrees so oh. you when when we're looking at you we're looking at you at a technical level so that you can make it through a BFA level program okay um, students are already operating and already dancing at a very high technical level in both ballet and modern although you know obviously we're open to all different styles they're all taught at USF but those happen to be the two styles that we that we look at in the audition that students are already at that high level. So they, they can do the BA, they can do a double major when, they, when they're at USF, but they can still make it to that BFA level. Cool, yeah. Because it's, so, it's so competitive to get in in terms of the audience. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's interesting because I guess that's kind of different at every single school with the competitiveness of the BFA to the BA. I don't know. It was competitive at my, yeah, at my school. <laughs> it is. And you went to a really competitive school. I mean, okay, see, it's like, like that's a really tough school to get into. So they already know that, that in terms of your physical capacity and your retention and your creativity, your level, you're already operating at a very high level. Yeah. So let's talk about that dance science program. Mm -hmm. This is interesting to me because I'm very interested in science, but I have a dance performance degree. But I would think if I wanted to do something more uh, with the body, anatomy or dance and the body together, I guess, I would assume you might need to have further education in that. Like maybe if you're doing that, I plan for a master's or a doctorate, or is it aiming at different careers that I'm not really aware of because it wasn't an option when I was going to school. Yeah, I'm, I love that you brought that up because you you just reflected on how much our field is changing. Mm-hmm. You know, where a BFA program or a BA program year, you know, even just a short time ago was preparing you to be like a performer, a choreographer, a teacher, you know, like those kind of three limited things. Yeah. There is such a wide range of career opportunities as a dance major now. And we can talk about how awesome a dance major is, mm-hmm. how it prepares you really, in my estimation and the estimation of most people who are teaching dance at universities, like you can do anything with a dance major. And I, and I think people think like, oh, it's only limiting you to do, to just repeat steps, which is just the lowest kind of form of our major. Like that's, right. it, that's, that's like the smallest thing mm-hmm. that now I think kind of these incentivizing things for young people is to be able to go to a program that um, is offering lots of opportunities for them beyond just what they're doing in the studio. And that's why we created the Dance Medicine and Science Certificate, because we noticed that there were more and more of our majors were interested in pursuing things that merged dance and science, whether it was anatomy and kinesiology or physical therapy, that if we started to add courses outside of the dance major that they could um, combine with their studies in dance, Mm -hmm. that we could create a certificate program that would help, that would give them kind of another leg up if they were going to go into, let's say an advanced graduate program in therapy or, or in uh, kinesiology or physical science. 
that they would that it wouldn't just say dance major. You have a BFA or a BA from the University of South Florida. You have a BFA or BA with um, a dance medicine and science certificate. You know that that actually that certificate is open to not just dance majors. Like we have health science majors and exercise ma- science majors who also get that certificate. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it really is for those who are probably looking to go to the next schooling, yeah. furthering your education. Yeah, but it's what's interesting also is that <laughs> what I love is that, you know, dancers are so curious. They're such curious, flexible, open people that some of them, mm-hmm. like, I'm just really interested in kinesiology and I want to take this other course. And then it incentivizes mm-hmm. them to go and explore those other parts of themselves aside from just being studio, studio, studio. Right. That, oh, I'm actually going to get a certificate for, for something that I'm already interested in. And I think parents also look at that and say, wow, well, that's a little extra little bang for your buck there. Right, right. A certificate that also says science on it. Uh (laughs) And do they still get a lot of dance training at the same time? It's, they're taking still the exact same courses for their, okay. their BFA or their BA. There's, they're, they're only adding to it. They're, they're, only, they're not subtracting anything from their time in the studio or creatively or technically. They're adding to it. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's move into the Paris program because that <laughs> that just sounds so cool. And I feel like a lot of people would be like, I want to dance in Paris. Where do I begin? Exactly. And I feel like you are the number one person to talk to about this. So <laughs> Michael, give us some information. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Yeah, I, I am. The, the Dance in Paris program for us has become a real selling point uh, for our program. But um, it's also proven to be a gateway for students at other universities to take advantage of the program because it's not limited to students just at USF. So, oh. so one of the reasons that um, I created this program in 2007 was we were getting a lot of dance majors who, after they graduated, were saying, like, you know, I feel prepared out there, but there's so much more that I want to know. And I'm thinking, you know, we can do this in our own institution. And what you find um, is when you go to college or university dance program is that, you know, it's, it's difficult for faculty to say, we don't have all of the answers for you. We can provide all of these things and you can take advantage of all these extraordinary challenges and opportunities that are going to come your way. But what is also under your umbrella that we can take advantage of as well? And I have been doing a lot of research and uh, um, performances in Paris and working with artists over there. And I realized this is a great place for students to come and be around artists who are crossing, uh, who are crisscrossing the Paris landscape. You know, artists from uh, French-speaking West Africa, from the Near East, from the Far East, from around Europe. Um, that students just never get to be in touch with for any length of time. So I started right. a Paris summer program in 2007, and this is a program where students are there for the entire month of June, and they are taking classes and workshops. Um, and making work with all of these European, uh, African, uh, Asia-based choreographers. Like, there's no Americans in the bunch, really. I mean, if they're American, sure. they've been living in Europe or abroad for 10 or 15 years. So um, okay. they're, they're really taking these gorgeous classes that they wouldn't be able to take really in the United States because these artists rarely make it stateside. And mm-hmm. uh, they see the summer program sees about... Uh, 12 to 15 performances. Uh, They see everything from 
ballet performances at the Paris Opera Ballet, where they're seeing like these stunning ballet dancers to up to these kind of more underground performances. They see things like they see Pina Bausch, they see artists um, from uh, from North Africa who are coming in and doing this beautiful hybrid work. Um, uh, Demi, they're they're seeing Netherlands Dance Theater do Ohad Naharin's work. They're seeing Batsheva. They're seeing all of these great things. And um, that was going for many years. And then students were saying, well, I want to be here in Paris longer. You know, how do I yes. start making more of the connections? You know, I want to mm-hmm. more classes. I want to meet more people. I want to maybe potentially move here. Do I want to move here? And so right. in 2016, I created a semester program where students would be able to be there for, for the entire spring semester. And they get academic credit while they're over there. It mirrors a BFA or a BA program. like at USF it has like the same course titles, but they're taught by the European faculty over there. So their world dance classes, their ballet, their modern, um, their choreography, their yoga classes are all taught by the European faculty or USF's European faculty who, you know, are really quite stunning group. And they, right. they see about 25 performances um, while they're over there. And all of their work is based there. And then we do two excursions, one to Amsterdam and one to Berlin, where, they, where they're taking their choreography classes outside of Paris. They take one in Berlin and one in Amsterdam. So they're working just on a choreographic project for an entire week. And um, okay. yeah, and students, we, right now we're up to about 300 students from 22 different schools have sent students to this program. And so, yeah, and we've, many students have moved to Europe. I, we also help them to get visas, student visas to move back to Europe if they're interested in pursuing careers over there. Yeah, amazing. (laughs) I was supposed to be in Europe twice during this COVID time. It's rough. We'll we'll get you back over there, Brittany. We'll get you back over there. Gotta get back, yeah. It's gonna go to Hungary and then... Were you really? And then Italy. Oh, terrific. Anyways. Let me know. I lived in Italy for a while, so if you're gonna go to Rome, let me know. Okay, Okay, I absolutely will. Become an InstaDance Insider today. InstaDance Coach is virtual guidance toward a professional dance career. It is an exclusive program for the serious dancer. If you are a dedicated, passionate dancer with drive and hunger for success, you can apply today at www.instadancecoach.com. Okay, so let's talk about the requirements. What are the requirements to do the Dance in Paris program. So the Dance in Paris program, um, if you want to go to the summer program, which is actually the more popular program, it's the one that has the, we, it, it takes 22 students every year. And the requirement... Yeah, because I'm kind of interested. <laughs> <laughs> so either you have to be named Brittany or you also have to... Um, <laughs> You're, you're already accepted. You're already accepted. That, that sounds great. You're already accepted. The program requires that, that students have already been in a college program for at least two years because then there's this, this sort of a maturation in, in them as people. It's, I mean, certainly you can, there can be very, very mature freshmen that, that, that we've taken in the past. And then there are seniors that it's very difficult for them to be abroad for, for a month. Sure, sure. But um, you have to be dancing. Yeah, yeah, you have to be dancing at a, at a pretty high level in terms of that you're taking classes at least uh, three to four times a week fairly regularly in either ballet or modern or some other uh, uh, dance form. Um, you have to have a year of college choreography because you make a solo in Paris that, we, that you perform with uh, other students at the end of the program. And then for the semester program, the requirement is it's, it's a bit tougher. You, you should really be in your 
sophomore or your junior year because the academic requirements are usually hit about where uh, what a sophomore or junior in a BFA or a BA program would be doing. Okay. Intermediate, advanced ballet, modern class that they've had a year of choreography that they um, uh, their their recommendations from their professors are stating that they are mature enough to be in a program that's three months, three and a half months long, where there's lots of changes that happen for that person. This isn't a place where you're going to a studio where um, you're kind of walking in and it feels like your own university, your own college. Mm -hmm. You are living and working and breathing in Paris. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are living in an apartment um, with certainly other people from the program. And then you are taking the metro to your French class. And then you have to take your metro to your dance classes. And then you have to take a metro to you know, the performances that we're seeing that night and you have homework, but you're also engaging with artists and you're making work. So it's not like you're going to the same building every day and doing this. You're living and breathing and working in an international city. And sometimes people are are really, really ready for that. And they've been looking forward to that. And some other people, I think they think that they're ready, but it's a big, it's a big commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But it's exciting too. That's so exciting. Who doesn't want to live and dance and work in Paris I don't know. For, for four months? I don't know. So would you say uh, the performers you're creating, are you guiding them more towards company work, being professionals in ballet and modern companies? I mean, we're fortunate that we have alumni who are dancing in really, really extraordinary companies. Uh, you know, we've had dancers you know, graduate and go into the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. I mean really kind of top companies mm-hmm. and students from making great work out there as artistic directors of their own companies. But the field is changing and it's changing a lot. So we're making, right. <laughs> we're making, I think really good citizens who see life through the lens of dance. Oh, that's beautiful. I like that. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to see life through the lens of dance? I mean, mm-hmm. that's just an incredible thing. If you can see life through the lens of dance, uh, Gosh, you can, you know, like we said before, you can do everything. I mean, you are super creative. Mm-hmm. You can, you can think critically about things. You're collaborative. Um, you know how to manage your time. You know, you know what rigor is. You can listen to people and you communicate things in a way that other people have been longing to communicate. So sure. we want, we want to filter them, filter students through that lens okay. in four years. I mean, four years is not a long time. Right. You know, you're, you're tr- especially trying to find yourself as a young person. Um, and for most people, I don't, I don't know. Were you like this? Did you go to studios when you, were you dancing from a really young age? Yeah, my mom owned the dance studio. <laughs> That's great. I was just talking to a student about this earlier. I never even had to consider what my major was. I was a dancer. I was always going to be a dancer. It was my livelihood. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it was my passion, too. It was my household, you know? Mm-hmm. It's what I grew up in. And, the, you know, it's, it's amazing because I think a lot of, like, a lot of young people come into college thinking, well, this is what I've done my entire life. Of course, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And some people are right. lucky like you because, right, this is my passion. This is my singular goal. And some other people, they're, they're really good at it. And it's all that they've known. It's how they've socialized with people. It's how they've grown up. It's how they've learned to, like, love the world around them. And, right. And I think... When you go to a school, you, you should be going to a school that's either that's going to appreciate what that is for you, that understands, look, I've built my entire world and my whole identity around this. I've been to studios, I've been to competitions, I've, you know, my whole social network, my family knows that this is what I do. And then 
to honor that and then say, well, here, here's a way it expands. Yes, that's exactly right. Here's a way it expands as opposed to, well, I can either be a dancer or this. Yeah. Yeah. Going with that, I've been talking to a lot of people lately and they're like, this isn't what our kids want anymore. These dance programs, they want to, I guess, mold the program because nobody's the exact same and everybody has different goals. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? How do you do that? Like, you know, it's like, and is that really the right answer? Because like you said, at 18, how mature are we to really be like, well, no, I don't need to be taking modern, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, that's, that's, that's perfect. Because I love when students advocate for themselves and their own needs, mm-hmm. you know, like these are the things that I, I want to see in a program. And, and I think students sometimes forget like that they're the consumer Right. As opposed to like, oh my God, it's an audition program. I have to be exactly what they want. Sure. And I think students sometimes like when they're auditioning for a program or they're looking at a program is to, f- they, they lose like their individuality in that. And like any good pr- dance program, and I think that we're a great program. Of course. Is, is that we want, we're looking for people to add to our program as opposed to like, here's the model that we've made and you're just going to do it this way. Because <laughs> that model is always changing and it's changing now more than ever. And, you know, which is why we have a program where they can go abroad. I mean, we have the Paris program, but we also have our program of study in China. We also have faculty, our faculty are all performing artists who take students with them. Those opportunities need to be integrated into a program in order to offer students opportunities that they wouldn't have in a program that's only designed to say like, well, this has fit the needs of students for the past 30 years. It's going to fit your needs. Do you think that they could possibly get lost along the way if they keep choosing their own when this is the final goal? I guess if they try to keep branching out, do you think it's possible they could be losing their final goal? Yeah, it's it's tough. I think that some some people come into a, an institution with just with that goal of like, I am going to be a performer in a dance company. Or sure. I am going to be a teacher at a dance studio. And it's going to be the best dance studio in the state of fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And I, it, you know, that's always interesting to watch how those people's ideas and that kind of their own rigidity, how it becomes more flexible as they're exposed to new things hmm. um, that, oh, it, it, this doesn't have to be the only goal. I can still have the goal of I want to perform. I want to be on stage. I want to work really, really hard and hone my technique and be the best technician I can be. Right. But I also have this whole arsenal of other skills and this other exposure. I went to Paris. I went to China. I took these science courses, I like realized that I'm super interested in, you know, physical theater or being a lighting designer. I'm interested in like, I didn't know I was a choreographer and I actually like making things or I took that pedagogy course. And you know what? I actually kind of like teaching high school students and I didn't think I would do that, but they're still, the goal is that they want to be in their best physical self and their best creative self. And a good dance program is going to get them to that. Yeah. They can meander. I think that's what college is for. It's like, Right. Yeah, you have to meander a little bit. You have to kind of deviate from, you know, your initial plan to be able to come back to it stronger. Absolutely. Okay. So let's go back to the final performance in Berlin or Munich? Uh, uh, in, in Paris. Look, I'm going back to Paris. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm back to pa- Paris. Paris sure. is fun. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreaming about the macaroons and baguettes. <laughs> Those are great things to dream about. I dream about them too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Let's talk about that choreographic project. You said they choreograph a piece for the week. So the, the, the final project for all of the students in the Paris summer program is 
um, that they've been working on a solo that they are creating that is based off of a walk that they do in Paris. The second day that the students arrive, uh, that the students are in Paris of June 2nd, because they all arrive on the 1st, is they receive a very tailored map and of a neighborhood in Paris. And it's a photograph, um, it's a photocopy of literally the streets in that neighborhood. And there's like a yellow line that goes from one metro stop to another. And they have to walk that walk at least once or twice while they're in Paris and they're taking in the sights and sounds of that neighborhood. And it's called a derive, which in French means to drift so they can drift away from it and they can come back to it. And they're you know, taking cool. in all of those sites, you know, the cafes, like the rhythm of French or sites that they're seeing or monuments or, or wherever they're looking or wandering. And then they're creating in the studio a solo based on that walk. And every student has a different walk. So you're never going to run into another student. So they are all over the city. There's 22 different walks change every year. And then we assemble those together into a final performance that students present in Paris to a live audience. And it's exciting because they get a credit, certainly that they've made a work, but also that they performed in Paris. So it's yet another incentive for them. Like, wow, I have an international performing credit right now. And yeah, that's yeah. very cool. And I should, also, that can mean a lot. It, it doesn't it. Yeah. I mean, it, I, and I think it, there's a sense of ownership that, that they've kind of given a gift to themselves by making something, but also a gift to the place that they've grown to love over the past month. Uh, you know, it's kind of a gift back to the city. Like I made this here from something that came from me to a city that I've learned to you know, fall in love with. It really does in many ways change their lives. And so does that, at some point there's that light goes off. It's like, wow, I'm performing in Paris. Right. Yeah. Hopefully that light never goes out for them. Yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we, we've had students from like hmm. literally at this point, 22, 22 schools. And it's, it's been tough to have to limit students. Like you never want to say no to a student. Right. Is there an audition process or they have to write an essay or anything or just first come first serve? There's a, there's a kind of a, a long application process in terms of them. There's an applica- an online application process. And then I talk to them as well. Like we have a Skype meeting or a Zoom meeting and, you know, to kind of get to know each other, like, is this the right pro- program for you? It's also, I try to make it really affordable for students to go. So, right, affordable. Hmm. It's going to be something that connects into their student loans or tuition, or is it a whole sum on top of that of, like, having to be able to pay for a summer camp or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, dance isn't about financial profitability. I mean, I don't believe in that at all. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime I see something that's going to gouge dancers or dance majors, I immediately move to the other side of it and think, you know, you're, you're, you're asking money from the wrong people. So mm-hmm. being that, you know, I have a, a very close relationship with like the theaters over in Paris and the dance studio that we rent studio space from and, um, you know, architecture over there, which is you know, our staff and the teachers is to make it, make the program affordable enough so that students can go to Paris. They, it's a really comprehensive fee that's around that that's anywhere between 3,200 and 3,500 for four weeks in Paris, a full month in Paris that includes their housing and includes their Metro pass, all of their classes, um, all of the performances, you know, their room, their board, so that they can just be there. And it's really comprehensive. And we look for scholarships and, and um, tuition waivers so that they can enjoy themselves there without having to say like, oh, I spent all of this money and all I'm worrying about right now is how much I spent as opposed to the experience of being there. Like when they're there, they really don't have to spend 
very much money on anything else aside from food, you know, like that baguette and that, qua- and that, and that macaroon that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They should just be focused on dancing. That's really incredible. Mm. And it's, it's nice to have that like unlimited, uh, you know, and everything's already paid for once you get there, yeah. including that Metro pass. Oh, they love that. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we kind of do like the first day that we're there, we do, we like immediately get on the Metro together as a full group. So it's, there are students who've never been, you know, out of the country, never, you know, mind like ever being on a Metro. So it's, it's interesting to watch like students get on the Metro for the first time. They're like, oh my gosh, what is this experience? And then they get out and they're in the middle of the city and they're like, oh my God, it's the Eiffel Tower. Oh my God, we're going, <laughs> we're going to dinner. We're having crepes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then tomorrow yeah. we have a class, you know, it's great. You know, what I loved when I was in Paris, we were on the boat ride mm-hmm. and you know going by the eiffel tower and then on the on the right side there were all these semi-circle alcove things and the mm-hmm. and there was like dance classes going on there were four separate dance classes going on do you know what i'm talking about i know exactly what you're talking about so and I, it was so beautiful yeah okay tell me tell me about it so when we 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 take that boat ride there third night there because it like kind of so they can kind of geographically know where they are in the city by going down the Seine, which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, of course, the beginning of June, it's perfect. Yeah. And, and um, so on that side of the Seine, there is that area. It's on the southern side of the city. So it's on the left bank. Okay. And it's past Notre Dame. So you're going to the east of Paris. And there are these ballroom salsa, bachata classes and people just who are kind of dancing very freely there. But it's all social dancing and the students love it. They see it from the boat and they're like, Michael, what is that? And I'm like, yes, you can go to that anytime you want. And they do, they go and they, you know, they set up like their music and they're just, they're having these dance classes with the French. And so they're kind of, you know, mingling with people who are not in their own cohort, which is great, but they're doing it through dance. Again, yeah. it's like seeing your life, seeing and socializing your life through dance. Yeah, that. Yeah, that was a social event happening that I was like, okay, I'm sold. I'm sold on Paris. I want <laughs> this just happens on the street, and I was like, are people paying for that? I, I don't know. It looked like they were just walking in and just having a nice time on the Seine with their wine, dancing, living that European life. That's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> I know. And then once you've had that, you know, why do you want to go back? Right. right? Oh, yeah. Do people often stay and never not come back? It is. Well, at this point, we've had about almost 300 students who've been there. I would say about a quarter of the students end up going back to France at some point, okay. whether it's, you know, they want to kind of capture that magic. And we've had, you know, well over a dozen students now who've moved. And we've, we've um, helped them. I've helped them kind of resituate or relocate themselves in in Paris and in Europe, some yeah. of them go on to other other countries. Like I have a student, you know, who just from a, from a Paris program in 2017, she just got the Lion King over there, and she's just waiting for for COVID to be over yeah. so she can start a contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Great. It's great. It's, and it's great to watch students realize that they don't have to just be part of the American model. That they're actually global citizen scholars and they can go to someplace else yeah it's because we're, we're not really taught about that very much really i mean you were taught about broadway and hollywood and disney world mm-hmm. and then what is beyond that world exactly and that's what's great i think about a college experience is like it's it's again opening up those opportunities and those experiences for people to look at like ooh, could i go to europe and if i did what would what mm-hmm. might my life look like right if right. i'm there 
Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. Do you have any something that our listeners need to learn about? Sure. I think the hardest thing for a young person looking at schools is the pressure that they put on themselves, like that that they have to make the right decision to go someplace. Like this, I have to fall in love with that school, or I have to. I that has to be my place, and I'm and I'm committed to it forever and ever. And I always tell students, like you know, fall in love with a couple of schools. You know, take take your chances and and know that no decision is permanent. And also know that your relationship with dance changes. Right. And to go to go to a school that understands that your relationship with dance is going to change. Mm-hmm. And I think if it doesn't change, then you might want to look at what your relationship is with dance. Like you have to fall in love with it, then out of in lo- out of love with it, and then come back to it again. And and a place that wants you to be there mm-hmm. needs to understand and be flexible with what that looks like at the same time, supporting your, your growth and supporting your education in a time that really needs creative, healthy, integrated people who are open to what's around them. And that's a that makes a good dance program. And I know that that's our program. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And they can always contact me at my email, mcf at usf.edu mcf at usf.edu okay you can contact michael foley at mcf at usf.edu they can follow us on facebook there's the usf dance and dance in paris facebook page the usf dance and theater facebook page lots of great information and they have access to all of the faculty and all of our fantastic alumni okay so thank you so much for joining us today michael it's been i wish i had a french sign off Uh, A bientôt. Au revoir. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. Pliez, relevez, assemblez. Tendu, Merci. Merci. It was so great talking to you today. So great talking to you too. Thank you for listening to Dance Colleges and Careers, brought to you by InstaDance Coach. This episode is edited by Brenna Murchie. Theme song is created by Matthew Claiborne at Flamingo Sound and Show. Thank you to my sponsors, the Chiropractic Center of Leesburg and Claremont, and Pure Hemp Labs. Catch you on the inside.